10 new additions for the Phoenix Suns, whether re-signings or brand new players. A whole new rotation. On today's episode of Locked On Suns, we'll rank those players 10 to 1 in terms of who's going to make the biggest impact as the Suns chase a championship in 2024. Let's go. You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past six seasons, a writer at suns.com, and the host of the Just Basketball Show, wherever you get your podcast, A big thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen to start your week. Just subscribe or follow if you're finding us for the first time. Search Locked On Suns wherever you get your podcast. We're free and available everywhere, every single day throughout the offseason and beyond. Brandon Duenas is joining us here on this Monday, as he does every week, and we are going to be ranking. But uh, before we dive into that, Brandon... Uh, first, today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks, of course, which is uh, you're going to use the promo code Locked On. First time users receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 right back into your account when you use that promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com promo code Locked On. But what I was going to say is part of the reason I wanted to do this is I don't know if you caught this interview that James Jones did with Dwayne Rankin at the Arizona Republic. They talked a little bit about DeAndre Ayton and his comments over uh, in the Bahamas, which has been getting a lot of attention. I don't think there's much new there personally, but that was part of their conversation. The thing that caught my eye, though, was uh, James talking about, he kept, or he used multiple times, I believe, the phrase mid-prime veterans. And when you hear a phrase that specific, like, it catches my attention because it's not an accident to use a word like that. That's not exactly like a normal thing that everybody that cares about the NBA necessarily says. And so it made me feel like that was the target uh, and kind of the way that James Jones and that front office were thinking about it. What do you think of that idea? Because you think about it, uh, almost every guy we're going to talk about could be described that way. Oh, absolutely. That's that's why this offseason, I think, was such a great one. And it's going to age even better than we think. Uh, because I know like we're both pretty high on what they did overall, um, considering like the circumstances that they had financially. Like I, th- I think they knocked it out of the park. But uh, targeting a lot of guys that are hungry, and and like you said, those, those mid, mid-prime vets that – um, you know, they've been in the league a little bit, but they're still trying to make a mark for themselves and, and get that big payday, uh, create that reputation for themselves. And, and what better system to do it in than uh, being surrounded by three just elite scorers. So I think the the combination of the, the youth, the experience and the hunger is like just what really excites me about this team. So that's I think they uh, like I said, there, there's gonna be a lot of guys that Eubanks, uh, Bates Diop, even Utah, like they're going to surprise you at how well. They play and, and just seamlessly fit into the system. So that's that's the thing that yeah. I think stands out the most. And uh, it's it's funny. It makes you think James Jones might be onto something <clears throat> because in exactly the same way that he likes to draft older guys, in this situation he is also now finding guys who were older when they came into the NBA who are coming off of basically what, in for the most part, you would say is like their first contract, their first real NBA contract, but yet are a little bit older. So it does kind of fit what he's done in the past, but it also insulates them from 
what I think a lot of people's number one concern is about this team, especially from Durant and Beal, which is health, right? If you have a lot of, if you choose to go the route of younger depth pieces instead of the old ring chasing guys, then you're just maximizing the likelihood that you have at least like an eight, 10 man rotation at all times. And you're not having to get desperate, which is what we saw even last year when this team was fairly young, but you had Crowder away and Cam Johnson hurt and Chris Paul in and out and Devin Booker in and out. So I think it makes sense from every angle. Um, Part of me does worry about the idea of sort of what happens. You know, the Bruce Brown example has been thrown around a lot as as kind of a worst case scenario with some of this. If you do get a great season from some of these guys, maybe you're less likely to retain them. But I think if you get a great season from them enough that they leave, as we saw with that Bruce Brown example, you're probably walking away from the season pretty happy. Uh, whether it's a championship or not, I think you'll take it. Uh, so that that's a great throat clear. Let's get to the list. Uh, my number 10. We're going to go 10 to 7 in this first segment, and we'll get to one by the end here. But we'll go pretty quickly, I think, through these back guys, because, again, they're the, the guys we expect. It's impact. It's how much will they impact the, the team in the upcoming season. Not ceiling, not upside, not excitement to watch them, none of that stuff. So my number 10 is Bull Bull. I just think he's the third center on this team right now. He was the last addition to this team. He has probably the least track record of anybody outside of Kamara just because he's a rookie. So as much as I think there are some fun ways that we could see Bull impact this team, I think right now, heading into training camp and everything else, he's at the back for me. Listen, man, Bull Bull slander will not be tolerated <laughs> on this show. All um, right, so you got him one then? Are we going to end the, the show with Bull on your list? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's number one for sure. No, uh, he's, he's not too far behind, but but my number 10 is going to be uh, it's, it's the rookie, Kamara. Like, I, I do think... Uh, I, I do like him. Like we've, we we talked about him last week and, and the week before that a little bit too. Just um, I think there's a chance he makes an impact, but he has to prove it. He, he's still a rookie, so I got to give him the rookie treatment. Uh, put him at number ten. Yeah, one thing I, I I don't know if I've like touched on because I don't know the answer, but I don't know. I don't think of Frank Vogel in any one particular way. Like Mike Malone. I don't know why I keep thinking of the Nuggets today, but. Like that he's a guy where it's like his reputation is he doesn't like to play rookies. Obviously, Monty Williams was a little bit stubborn about that. I don't know about Frank Vogel. I just I mean, he's a 50 number 52 pick. So regardless, you wouldn't expect him to play. But that is something mm-hmm. I've never really gotten a clear read on is like, is is Vogel a guy who is OK playing young dudes and letting them make mistakes? Is he not? I don't know. He hasn't really been in a lot of situations because he's won so much where, you know, he's really had to make that decision. We'll see. Uh, number so Kamara's number nine for me. That's why I uh, elaborated a little bit there. So I'll go back to you for your number nine. So number nine, I'm gonna put uh, Metu, I, and I, this okay. this feels this feels wrong uh, because I, I do think there's kind of a cluster there, like with the bigs, and I think there's gonna be sure. a chance that he he drops because I'm pretty high on Eubanks. I think he's gonna run away at that backup five job. Like I, I'm really I'm on that train. So I think there's me gonna too. be there's gonna be parts of the season where Metsu's going to get a lot of DNPs, and, um, but he's someone that if something happens, injuries, foul trouble, I think he, you could plug him in and he's reliable. He'll give you solid minutes. Um, so it's not really a knock on him. It's just more impact and uh, opportunity that puts him there. Let me, me put it this way with Metsu. Do you think he's a better third big than Bismack Biombo has been for this team in the past, whether that was JaVale being the second guy last year, Jock being the second guy? Because I, f- I kind of feel like Metsu might be an upgrade there. Oh yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. I think Metu is an upgrade over Bismack, and I would feel a lot more comfortable playing him in a, in a playoff game if it came down to it than than I would Bismack. 
Um, so yeah, I, I really like their big man rotation this year, but I just think like every rotation, there's going to be one odd man out and it feels like it's going to be him at this point. All right. You're number eight then. Bull bull. Uh, yeah, okay. I just like, I, I'm just going to take a swing on the upside and just, I think, uh, like, like I mentioned earlier, that just this system is, if you can't like figure it out here, it's going to be tough for him to figure out anywhere. Really? Like, I think it's perfectly built for him to succeed. He's not going to have a lot of pressure. Uh, to do too much offensively and his ability to contest shots. Like I think Vogel is going to use him in a way that will be really creative defensively. And that, that's what excites me about him. I, I know, like, I, I know I watched his film. I know there's the, the lows are low, the highs are high. You can't get too caught up in the, in the highlight reels, but, but I think there, there's a chance that he could really break out. And to me that that upside puts him above Metu for, for now. Yeah, I know Vogel's not like a big zone guy, but we did see them play it in summer league. I think even that is kind of a way that you could see him maximized. I think lineups where you're just trying to go all offense or even uh, you know a bench unit. I don't know what their kind of staggering situation is going to be like, but you could see uh, a, a really spaced out lineup, maybe centered around Durant ISOs or, or things like that, where you know, we've seen that in Brooklyn in the past where they put, you know, Jeff Green and, and Landry Shamit and Bruce Brown and just kind of said, hey, you know, this is this is the KD show, but do your job. And you could see Bull in a simplified environment like that make an impact. I think there are ways. Um, I'm a little bit different than you where I do think Metu, just because of the more trustworthiness of him, like I have him a little bit higher on my list, but I don't think uh, I don't think it would be crazy if Bull su supplanted him. Uh, I think you and I are on the same page on Eubanks, though, and maybe get to him in the next segment. My number eight is Damian Lee. Not a lot to say there. I think he'll uh, be sort of a break-in-case-of-emergency type of player. I don't think that he's going to start the season in the rotation, but we know what he can do if he gets the opportunity. He's going to make his threes so long as he's taking them. He doesn't really turn the ball over, makes pretty good decisions, isn't like a terrible weak point defensively. So I had no issue with them bringing him back, but I also don't expect him to uh, you know, be a, a huge part of the team in terms of on the court. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Lee, Lee is my next guy um, okay. as well. So, you know, I'm, I'm not too, not super high on him, but like you said, he's just someone you can rely on to, to knock down open shots. And there's going to be a lot of them when, when you're playing alongside the guys who'll play along. So uh, he's not going to hurt you too much, but he's also not someone I'm, I'm crazy about. So uh, just a reliable vet, good, good uh, locker room guy to have. So um, not mad at the Damian Lee signing. Would I have brought him back? Probably not, but, but I get it for sure. And close with KD, right? So, like, yeah, uh, yeah. there's some of that off-court stuff that that probably factors in. And mm -hmm. I don't know if he's somebody that they're anticipating giving a raise to, but in this type of situation, the Suns cap-wise, like, never hurts to accrue years uh, of team control or, like, team uh, connection where you can give them a bigger increase on their salary and free agency like we've talked a lot about so there were there were reasons it makes sense but yeah I think if you're in as we saw last year if you're in a situation where you're relying on him too heavily it's probably not going to be a, a great scenario seven for me with Shemezi Metu so we're we're in the we're in lockstep on who the four guys were just in a little bit of a different order here mm -hmm. I think Metu is perfectly reasonable I think he's a good balance where Bowl is a little more probably defensively gifted and Metu more offensively Let's jump to six through four here. Next, first, today's show brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks has come in and fixed daily fantasy sports. It used to be 
a pain. It used to be uh, a real money suck, frankly, but prize picks has come in and they've eliminated the pools, the hustlers, the uh, the sharks that are there to screw you. It is no head-to-head, no league, no pool. It is just you versus the prize picks player projections, and they have them for every sport. So maybe you're still waiting uh, for your basketball fix. They do have WNBA going on, but they have baseball, they have tennis, they have racing, Everything that you love sports-wise, they're going to have projections for it. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. They offer safe and fast withdrawals, and they're currently operational in over 30 states, including Arizona, as well as Canada. So download the Price Picks app now or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on, meaning if you deposit 100, Price Picks matches that right back into your account. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, we're coming back here. Number six, I'll go first. I have Yuta Watanabe here. The, the case being that I just think there are some players who are a little bit more defensively inclined. Even if Yuta defends as a team guy well and has size, I just think when, when push comes to shove and we're looking at closing lineups in, in must-win games or just you know over the course of a season, as much as I trust Yuta to be in a rotation and, and not make mistakes, I mean, we're talking outside of the big four and I'm here at number six so you know in a 10-man rotation I would expect him to play but he is at the back end of that just for that reason I, I don't think he quite has the athleticism or the the youth and all these different things that I would think could Im, you know maximize his impact at the biggest stage so that's why I have him at six who's your number six so I went uh with Goodwin here I, I think okay. um you know I think he's him and Kogi are kind of in that same little group for me where their, their point of attack defense is going to be important. Can they hit shots? That's, that's really his ticket to, to play in time and, and just his ability to play off the ball and, and run some point that there's just not a ton of guards in the rotation. So he, he's going to get an opportunity just based on looking at the roster. But, um, but yeah, he, he comes in at number six for me. I like it. I think we're going to disagree quite a bit then here. So um, <laughs> that that's good. Sometimes you do these and it's like, we've been doing podcasts for a while, uh, you might agree too much. That does not seem like it's going to be the case. I'll, I'll let you do number yeah. five here to start us off. So number five for me is a Kogi. Um, I put him in Goodwin there kind of neck and neck just because I do think it, it will come down to one of those two guys is going to probably be the odd man out of the rotation, especially once they shrink it down a little bit just due to skill sets. You can't really have two guys that can't shoot consistently on the court at the same time. Um, I think th- there will be moments where they will play together. But, uh, but yeah, to me, those two guys – uh, one of them will, will jump in front of the other at some point this season, for sure. Who you got? Which one do you like more, just in a vacuum, knowing what we know now, which is relatively limited? I mean, Okogi and Goodwin, I would call them both unproven, even though Okogi did play well in spurts last year. It Like, the best version of each of those guys. I mean, obviously, you have Okogi a little bit higher, but who do you think in a dream world is is the most impactful player? I would say Okogi. Uh, just if he can just figure out that jumper, man. Like he's those flashes last season were very, very interesting. Like he took mm-hmm. over some games, and I think people forget how dominant he was in st- certain stretches. So that's there. Like he's shown that. Now it's just about harnessing it. He's still pretty young. The wingspan. Um, I, I'm still pretty high on Goodwin, but I think Okogi's defense, like some of those those highs, were just unbelievable. So t- to me, I, I'd put him slightly above. Uh, good one for that reason, uh, especially with the athleticism. So that's it's, but it's close. So Akogi's coming up for me, so that's why I'm spending a little more time on him. My number five mm-hmm. is Drew Eubanks, but get to him in a second. I think Akogi to me, 
it feels like I've been beating this drum since preseason last year, but if they are just more ready to use him as a screener, use him in the short roll, just get more creative, play him like he's a big man offensively, I think that would just go a long way. And, and you're even less reliant on the jumper uh, and maybe kind of the limited shots that maybe he does take in that situation are even more in rhythm and open. Like I get that even an open corner three theoretically should be pretty easy for even a, a knock rate shooter. But at the end of the day, there were a lot of games where he was taking a lot of those shots. And you think about the Bruce Brown or the Gary Payton, the guys who have been kind of played like that before they're not even taking those threes, right? They're, they're, they're just kind of continuing to move the ball and, and feed the star and play off of superstar players, even if there's like an quote-unquote open three. So I would hope that in year two, kind of you know working with Kevin Young, working with Booker and Ayton and even Durant a little bit, that he's just kind of more ready to be playing off of other guys. Um, maybe that helps him. Number five, yeah, I said it, Eubanks. I feel like... He's going to be the backup center on this team, so there's only so low you can put him. And, you know, I, I'm a little worried about him being somewhat undersized. I'm a little bit worried that he's not maybe the most versatile offensive player. But if you're talking about a guy who is playing 15 minutes for you, you know, he was a starter last year on a team that, you know, they weren't great, but they were definitely not terrible when they were trying to win. And that that says something. So I think he's going to be pretty impactful. And, I think do his job really, really well. So he's at five. Yeah, I've got him at four. So um, not too much of a difference there. I, I'm like I said, I'm pretty high on him. I think Vogel's going to get the most out of him and just playing. And I, I'll just repeat myself. I'll, I'll beat the dead horse. Just playing alongside all these stars is going to really make a lot of these guys' life so much easier. And I think he's he's going to come in and, and give him a productive. 15, 20 minutes every game. And there's going to be a point in the season where Suns fans will say, start him over eight, and it's it's going to happen. Uh, I was going to say the same thing. I'm like, it's it's really not a great thing for Aiton's on-off stuff, which has always been kind of ugly outside of the finals year because uh-huh. they've had pretty decent backup bigs a lot of the time. And then it's just going to it's just gonna fuel it, the narrative and everything, which does suck. You're right. Yeah, but but I, I think to, to credit Eubanks, like he's – He's been in some bad situations defensively and with roster construction, all that stuff. And I think that having a situation like this, a little bit of experience and, and like some larger roles, like is going to help him uh, really just mesh in well. And I think just prove prove to the, the rest of the league that uh, he, he's a legitimate backup five with a, a chance to start in some, on some teams. And like I said, a lot of these guys want to get that next payday. They want to prove they can start in, in different organizations. So uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's going to be a showcase for him. Yeah, a lot of people have pointed to, or I, what I would say is, I pointed out that he's maybe not the traditional type of athlete that you might want um, in terms of a modern kind of rim protector in the mold that he is because he doesn't shoot or create his own shot or pass or do any of that. You you would want maybe like a more, uh, a bigger, more traditionally athletic guy. But then, you know, people have pointed out to me, and, and I'll eat it, like he was seventh in the NBA in block rate last year, you know, and... And he he might not do it in the in the same way. He's six nine, and you know obviously doesn't have the seven five wingspan or you know any of that stuff. He's not gonna necessarily you know do a dunk contest like he's Dwight Howard, but he gets the job done for you. And the numbers you can't argue with that. So I think he's gonna make a pretty big impact. Does it uh, just really quick? Does it mm. uh, concern you at all that? the like Aiton to Eubanks style 
especially defensively, that they might play a little bit differently. That always worries me with any type of player if the starter to the backup involves like we're going to have to adjust our style a little bit because it just it just creates a lot for players to have to keep track of and a lot of adjustment on the fly. Does that worry you or am I overthinking that? Uh, no, I think it's a fair point. It doesn't worry me as much just because I think it's you could look at it the other way and say it's a good thing to have a different look to counter different different lineups and uh, make adjustments based on the team you're playing. But I, I think in Vogel's system too, it's it's going to be uh, they're going to have something in place where they're going to all be on the same page and defensively, and, and they're going to have probably the similar uh, responsibilities on that end. So I don't think it's going to be as different as even though skill set wise and, and theoretically, like you're right, I think there's some, there's definitely some differences between the two, but um, I think Vogel is going to find a way to just make it very fluid across the board. Doesn't matter who plays, this is what we're doing. And I think that's why uh, he, he's a great fit for this job. So to, to me, yeah, Eubanks, um, I think he's going to have some surprising blocks and, and, and dunks and, and he's got that dog in him. So, so be ready for it, Suns fans. He, he's he's going to be one of those guys that uh, I think is going to su- surprise some people this year. Absolutely. Uh, two former Spurs uh, on this list, which are on, on the team now, which is gross, intriguing. Well, gross, <laughs> yeah, I guess for uh, for kind of the the old rivalry, but just also interesting because uh, you know not a lot of people were paying attention to that team, but I guess you know yeah. Sun Scouts maybe were. Uh, all right, let's go to our top three, which includes somebody in my end who was Brandon's number six, which means uh, we have a pretty big difference. I'll get to that after one more quick break. Coming back, let's close things out. Three, two, and one in our Suns role player. What do we call them? Mid-prime veteran role player additions. Uh, Jordan Goodwin is my number three, Brandon. I just think that uh, if you're talking about the shot, which is what you alluded to when you were comparing him and Akogi, he does have a slightly better track record considering he's younger a little bit and uh, has already had a better shooting season than really like Akogi has ever had. His corner threes and wide open three numbers were pretty good last year. It is a pretty small sample size, which he does have working against him a bit. Uh, but I also think from a ball handling perspective, he's a little more comfortable doing that. So maybe doesn't require as much of those unique adjustments and, and improvisey types of situations that I was talking about with the Kogi. So they're back to back for me too. I just have them a little bit higher than you did. I have them at four and three. We broke it up with commercial break, but they are back to back. I do have Goodwin a little bit ahead. Yeah, that's fair. And, and honestly, for me, like two through six are the, the margins are razor thin in between okay. these guys. Like, it's not like there's any huge gaps or anything. So there's, there's a world where I, I could definitely get behind Goodwin uh, being one of their, their first few guys off the bench and, and being productive. So uh, it's, it's, it's a disagreement ranking wise, but it's not anything crazy. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, you're number, number three. three. All right, number th- number three, I got uh, Utah Wantanabe. I think okay. he, he's going to be he's going to thrive in the system. I think his ability to cut, um, play off the ball, hit open shots, and uh, play that smart just team defense rotationally, and just being in the right place at the right time, he, he's going to have a monster season. And I, I think uh, you know you just look at Landry Shamit, all the looks like he got. Just think of a taller version of that with a quicker release that. Actually, I don't know about the quick release. They're probably pretty similar in terms of that, but just the ability to get the shot off over smaller defenders and mm-hmm. and hit spot ups in, in the corner. Like he's gonna he's gonna get paid here. Like he's gonna, I'm telling you right now, he's he's gonna be one of those players that 
uh, his life's going to be so easy. He's going to love it. And some other teams in this offseason is going to end up paying him. Seems like it might be headed that way. He is also a little bit older, so you would understand if he's tired of, you know, he's been on and off and jumping around for five years now in the league, and it seems like he's a fan favorite everywhere he goes, and then the team doesn't bring him back. So he does seem like one of the candidates to, you know, have a really great year and then maybe just want to cash in, maybe similar to Torrey Craig after the finals run, right, where it was like every Suns fan kind of wanted him. I'm sure the team did, but Indiana gave him like a, gross offer and it was just like okay you you, you get it right but yeah I, I I'm I think this will be interesting I feel like it's not that I'm low on YouTube but you've been beating that drum the whole whole time and um I'm I'm I would be excited to be proven wrong I mean a 6'9 dude who can really shoot mm-hmm. it like every team wants that I guess I just have yeah. a little bit of a question about you know one-on-one and different things in the regular season mm-hmm. it probably won't crop up but you know one-on-one defensively and maybe i'm overreacting to anthony edwards just uh completely destroying him the one time uh, a few years back in terms of defense but maybe maybe that's sticking yeah, in my and, head i don't know and i'll go out there and say i think he's going to flirt with 50 percent from three like i think it's going to be that type of season just the open looks he's going he's already a good shooter as it is and now it's going to get easier uh i just that that's my prediction. I think he'll be in three point shootout. I think he'll be in the forty five to fifty range, and uh, it's going to be lights out. One of those very uh, familiar, crazy shooting season that a lot of Suns players have had as role players. I guess he'll be in in good company. Quentin Richardson and uh, Channing Fry and whoever else you want to point to over the years. Like Dan Marley's mm-hmm. probably a little overqualified. Maybe Danny Ainge, you would say. Um, yeah. All right, number two, I have Kato Bates Diop. We have the same number two. I don't know if we're in the same order here, but I think I think Bates Diop will start. I'm not sure if he will close. So that is uh, part of part of why I have him at two. He's also just younger. There is the chance that some of what we saw in San Antonio is not real, but the more that I hear people like Nikias Duncan or Zach Lowe, people who were uh, watching the Spurs maybe more because they're paid to, and they, they are thrilled about him. It, it just backs up my excitement for a guy who um, I probably didn't didn't react strongly enough when they added him, but just hearing more the cutting, the shooting, the size, the defensive versatility. I mean, I, I my last real memory of this guy was like scouting him ahead of the 2018 draft, and I, I have not kept up a ton. But if everything that people are saying is true, I think he will start, and I think he'll be a positive for this team and, and really add to their identity of – size and versatility yeah yeah he's my number two as well and okay. uh for, for all the reasons you hit on i think uh you know obviously not a lot of people watched the spurs last year and, and it was a situation where it's kind of tough to stand out or, or uh rise above that environment but i think he, he did a solid job and he's only going to do better uh in this environment yeah 61 percent true shooting yeah he was um you know a little bit of a negative on defense but honestly when you when you correct that for being on a bad team, like he's defensive box plus minus wise, he's never been lower than like a zero minus 0.9, which is like, you know, whatever. I think think him and Beal role player. Sorry to cut you off. I think him and Beal are going to surprise some people defensively. Like I've just seen, there's, there's too many team factors when it comes to to a lot of these stats and you put someone in the right situation. They're going to look a lot different. Yeah. All right. Number one, sounds like we're on the same page here. Eric Gordon, uh, I have to admit, I'm not um, 
maybe I want to tamp down expectations a little bit, even though I have him at number one. That might be a weird place to jump, and we don't have to spend too much time on him because I think people are the most familiar with what he is going to bring. But I do think there's a real chance that Goodwin, Bates Diop, Watanabe, Akogi are closing games ahead of him. I don't think he's just like, I don't think we should pencil him in for 30 minutes every single night from game one through, you know, a, a championship winning game six in the finals. Like, I don't, I, I think people, because of our history with him and everything else, maybe got a little bit too excited. I just love the stability. I love the shooting. I love the physicality. I love the know-how with the ball in his hands, all that different stuff. I think he's certainly starting caliber player in this league who could have made a lot more money and you got him on a minimum like he's going to be a real real difference maker and I, I feel very confident saying that but I mean it's not like they got another all-star you know and it just feels like Suns fans like I'm like okay like I don't want I don't want us to to set this guy up to disappoint us because we're going so far with it but I do have him at number one still yeah, yeah, we're not getting prime Eric Gordon, so um, you know we can dismiss that. But I do, I agree. I think he's going to be. Um, actually, disagree a little bit because you said you're not sure he's going to be closing. I think he's by far the favorite to close and should until he loses it. Essentially, okay. um, I, I just think the versatility of having three guards like Booker, Beal, and Gordon that can handle, shoot, and play off the ball. It's going to be a nightmare for teams to, to guard. Um, there are some concerns though with the on-ball defense, like who's going to guard. The, the opponent's best player on ball, stuff like that. Where and a little small, I would say. Yeah, um, but but yeah, I do I do really like this fit, and I think uh, just having him as insurance throughout the regular season too. If one of Booker or Beal misses some time, you could plug him right in, and uh, you're not really going to skip a beat. Like who would have thought? Like if if Booker went down, we'd have three guys that could potentially drop thirty on on a, on a roster. Like it just it feels like it's just it doesn't feel real at this point. That's the part that I'm the most excited about for sure, I think, with Gordon is even if we'll see about the closing, and I agree with you, he has pole position to be that guy on opening night. I, I just don't know if it'll be an every night thing quite the yeah. same way that maybe uh, other people do. I, I think the the ability to say Booker did go down or Beal did go down, even I think you could see him starting in place of Durant if Durant has to miss time with injury. And then if it's Kata who had kind of been the three, then Kata slides to the four and you have... Gordon there like because of the versatility and the comfort and the veteran mm -hmm. experience like he's going to be the number one replacement as a starter and I like that a lot too just because in the yeah. regular season I trust him to do his job and you know knock down open shots again be comfortable with the ball in his hands if he has to execute a defensive mm -hmm. scheme like you know he's your he's your fourth pitcher in in MLB that you just trust every four days right like he's yep. he's just gonna be be solid for you um all right that'll wrap us up quick ranking show to recap the off season get you guys excited for the regular season we'll have more news hopefully g league stuff i don't know why it's uh being slow rolled i want to know where they're gonna play i want to know what the team's name is gonna be and matt hb to stop teasing us we'll see what comes this week uh you can read brandon over at bright side of the sun they'll have you covered from a writing standpoint every day on all of this stuff and i will catch you all 